type one diabetes on autopilot. Sounds sexy, right? Sounds amazing, but I can promise you it is not the cure-all, and in some cases, it's actually dangerous. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about why you should not set your blood sugars on autopilot completely, and if you didn't know that was possible, we'll touch on that as well. But first, I want to get into our theme song before sharing a personal note to myself that was not meant to be shared on the internet, but now you're going to see it exclusively. So let's get into our theme song first. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, so as promised, I am going to be showing you a video that I actually recorded for myself. Uh, If you're not aware of this, this is actually a really common practice in my own life. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. And if you didn't know this, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD as a child, and it's not going anywhere. (laughs) It is very much still a part of my life. So one of the ways that I organize my thoughts, especially when I'm on the go, is I whip my phone out, I hit record, and I just film a video of myself telling myself my ideas. And so what I want to do is share with you an idea that I had, more of a a stream of consciousness, just a flow of ideas that I figured, hey, maybe this will turn into a podcast episode someday. And oftentimes, this is actually the iteration process of how I do come up with these podcast episodes episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and hit play on that. I hope you enjoy and then we're going to break it down for the rest of this episode. All right, I'm a sweaty mess because I just finished up at the gym. Have not been to the gym in a long time because I've been working out in the garage, but today I decided to go to the gym because I needed some boosted insulin sensitivity. I know I always work out harder at the gym. Uh, Lesson number one, it is about your environment that you surround yourself in. Lesson number two, on the way home, I took two, count them, two different autopilot mistakes on my journey home. First one, I went to my parents' house, which is where I used to live growing up. I used to go to that gym when I was living there, so I was on autopilot going home from the gym. Went the entire wrong direction. Second one, an autopilot going to college. Used to hit that gym when I was in college after I lived at my parents' house, and that one took me down another wrong road until eventually I had to redirect and course correct, make a, a conscious and aware decision to take myself home to my current home uh, and realizing that autopilot can get you into some serious trouble, especially when it comes to habits. So many of our habits are on autopilot. We make so many decisions every single day that the brain wants to put the majority of those on autopilot. And as a result, we continue down the same path. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Most often times, we get stuck in a rut because we don't question our decisions, our habits, our routines. And as a result, we never see the big progress, the big payoff that we expect with the results that we're putting in because we have subconscious decisions that are being made for us. As a result, you have to change your environment. Step number one, surround yourself with people that are at or beyond where you want to be in life. Step number two, you got to start learning some new strategies and replacing habits that do not serve you with habits that will get you towards your goals. Bonus episode. So Matt talks fast, right? (laughs) I hope you're able to understand that you might have to go back, rewind, 
and uh, and go through that section a couple of times to really pull it all apart. But the core concept behind it is that oftentimes in life, we make so many decisions every single day that our brain wants to look for shortcuts. And so we have these automations that our brain fills, right? Instead of having to think through every single thing that we do, whenever you go to eat a meal, you're not hyper-focused on bringing the spoon or the fork to your mouth, right? It just kind of happens. You're shoveling food into your mouth and <laughs> that's how we overeat sometimes. Um, when you're going for a walk, you're not constantly thinking like, how am I going to take each step and balance and not fall over? And, you know, it's all these different things that our brain just automates for us. And it's a great thing in most cases, but oftentimes when it comes to our habits, it can be self-destructive and we won't even know why. I'll give you an example of this real quick. Uh, now, long ago, when I was first diagnosed with diabetes, I knew nothing about diabetes. Way different version of me right now. It's my passion and I enjoy researching and experimenting and learning everything I can about blood sugars so that I can serve my type 1 diabetes clients at the highest level possible. Like that, It's my passion. I love it. Uh, I geek out on it. But way back when, I didn't know anything about it. Barely even knew how much insulin to take, right? And uh, I used to snack every single night because I was hungry. And uh, oftentimes it was like cheese and crackers or uh, some peanut butter, maybe a, a protein bar, just like random snacks. And I wouldn't worry too much about it because I didn't wear a CGM. I didn't know the patterns of me spiking in the middle of the night, most likely. Right. But what I also didn't know is that I would wake up in the morning in range. But overnight, my blood sugars would spike and then drop. Now, the issue is that without a CGM, without curiosity and without understanding, I didn't realize that those snacks before bed were setting me up for both success and failure. See, initially, the snacks served as uh, a buffer to help me avoid low blood sugars because turns out my lantus was too high. See, I didn't know this, but for years, my doctors had just tried to cover up my high blood sugars with increased lantus. This is actually a pretty common mistake that a lot of doctors and endocrinologists make these days. Um, now, as a result, I would go low right after going to bed, which is when I took my injection, right? Now, in an effort to avoid going low, I had subconsciously created a habit where I would snack and that snack would help me push off the low blood sugar. I didn't realize that I was solving that problem, but I was inevitably solving it indirectly, right? Now, as a result, I built it into a habit where every single night I got hungry around the same time and would feed my hunger and then not go low. So subconsciously, my brain was like, hey, this is a good habit to keep around. Fast forward until when I got into an insulin pump. And I would snack every night, but because my basils were set properly, I didn't realize that snack was leading me into a high blood sugar overnight that needed to be corrected. And I would wake up at 170, 190, 200. I'm like, what the heck's going on, right? Long story short, that habit no longer served me. And just like in that story you guys just watched with me going the wrong direction a couple of times, those autopilot decisions that my brain had made trying to shortcut the processes did not serve me. Yes, at one time I lived over in this area of town and that would have been the right choice. At another area of life, I lived in a different area of town and that would have been the right choice. But both of those were incorrect decisions that my brain tried to automate. So when it comes to your blood sugar management, you need to start asking yourself why you do certain things, right? There's certain pieces to diabetes, like uh, how long should we pre-bolus? A lot of us just were told, hey, 10 to 15 minutes and then you're good. 
The issue with that is that 10 to 15 minutes 20 years ago looks different now. There's different types of insulin. There's different types of meals you're probably eating, different levels of activity that are going to impact the pre-bolus timing. A lot of different factors that go into it. So we can't just set it and forget it when it comes to diabetes management. There's a lot more at play when it comes to identifying and playing with these different variables that impact blood sugars. Now, if you're thinking about, well, can't I automate some parts of my diabetes? In short, the answer is yes. Like there are ways to automate your blood sugars to a certain extent, but you have to be cautious with which pieces you automate. As we discussed, different automations that our brain makes are meant to help us, but they don't always serve us long-term. An automation that helps you for the next month might differ the following month. Right? You have a different lifestyle maybe that's going to impact you differently. Maybe the shortcut that you used in life was uh, really helpful before you had kids. Now that you have kids like myself, it's completely different and you have to reevaluate all these different diabetes management strategies. Right, When you don't own your own schedule, things change. And so as a result, you have to revisit which of these automations still serve you and which ones need to be completely revamped. So within diabetes, understand there is no set it and forget it strategy. This is a dynamic approach that is required of us where each day needs to be looked at as an independent variable, right? We have different routines, different uh, schedules, different stressors, different interruptions to our days, to our schedules, in addition to likely different types of foods, different activity levels, different levels of sleep or hydration or stress, or maybe the weather is changing, right? You have to identify these trends and the changes within them in order to create more useful automations. Now, an example of a useful automation might be, um, I wake up and take my insulin, right? If it's your pre-bolus for breakfast, or for me, when I was MDI or multiple daily injections, a useful automation was, hey, it's 10 o'clock, it's time to take my Lantus right? Like I needed that to be an automation because if I forgot my Lantus, that means 24 hours without basal insulin is going to be a rough ride for me, right? So there are spaces for automation to be helpful, absolutely, but you do need to question them and watch out for those pieces that are going to get you into trouble, and then you're not going to realize why you're getting into trouble because it's a subconscious habit by that point. I hope this makes sense. Now, here's the big issue, right, where when our brain creates these automations or these subconscious habits that are meant to help us, but in the long run end up hurting us, we, we fail to see what the true cause of the situation is. Why are we frustrated? Why are blood sugars not responding well? Why do I consistently go low at X time or why do I go high every single time of this day? It's going to lead you into frustration, into confusion and into ultimately wanting to give up. At least that's what happened to me. Now, when you isolate these different pieces of your diabetes management as the automations that are needing to be replaced, you can then change them. Now, the issue is that change is uncomfortable right? Nobody wants to just jump up one day and change everything and try new strategies because new is often scary. It's uncertain, right? But the best parts of life are on the other side of uncertainty, on the other side of growth and being uncomfortable and challenging ourselves. So why this phrase that nothing changes when nothing changes is so powerful. You know, I get on the phone with a lot of people who are applying to work with us and uh, some people are ready for that change. Like, you know what? I know this is going to be hard work. I know change is uncomfortable, but it's worth it to me and I am ready for it. And I'm like, sweet, I can work with that. <laughs> Let's roll, right? But some people hop on the phone and they're just stuck in this fixed mindset of, uh, well, 
you know, I don't necessarily want to change anything. Um, it's working. It's good enough, but I want better, but I don't want to change anything. So um, can you fix me? And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't fix anybody. I teach you how to fix yourself. But in addition to that, if you're not looking for change, then nothing is going to change, right? You have to start at the source. And that's where a lot of these pieces are going to start with your progress. So if you're not re ready and willing to make changes, it's not going to work. It's never going to change anything. And so you got to keep that in mind. Be ready for the uncomfortableness behind the growth. It's not just going to magically happen. So as you heard me mention in the video in the beginning of this episode, first step is you have to change your environment. If you're surrounded by people who are complacent, you'll likely remain complacent. You've probably heard this phrase that you are the sum total of the five closest people to you. In other words, if you're surrounding yourself with losers, I hate to say it, but you're going to be a loser <laughs> in like 99% of the time. It's pretty rare that a loser group produces a winner, right? But if you surround yourself with winners, odds are that those winners are going to be beyond where you're currently at, which is going to pull you up to their level because you're going to be either embarrassed for not being at their level and try harder, <laughs> or they're going to show you things that you weren't aware of. They're gonna be like, oh, well, why don't you just, um, you know, try this calculation for your activity levels and require this amount of carbohydrates, and then you'll never have to worry about lows during your workouts. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think about that? That's amazing, right? And all of a sudden, these winners are now pulling you up, grabbing you by the hand to, to pull you up to their level. So first step is to change your environment. Second step, of course, is to change your habits, your strategies, right? Change the automations that we've built into our lives so that our subconscious habits are actually serving us as we move towards the better version of ourselves. So this is going to be the uncomfortable part, right? Because you are gonna to have to make changes. You may have to experiment, you have to do some research, you may have to join a community that allows you to expand your knowledge behind type one diabetes. Now, just for a quick recap, I'm gonna play the second half of that video one more time so you can hear the speedy version of me walking through everything step-by-step step, and then we'll jump back into uh, the ending of the episode. As a result, you have to change your environment. Step number one, surround yourself with people that are at or beyond where you want to be in life. Step number two, you gotta start learning some new strategies and replacing habits that do not serve you with habits that will get you towards your goals. Bonus episode. So if that makes sense to you, you might have to watch that a couple of times. I know I talk super fast when I get pumped up about stuff, uh, but what I want you to understand is that you are not alone in this, that getting uncomfortable with learning about new strategies, figuring out your diabetes, it's something that a lot of us had to do. And uh, anybody who tells you they didn't have to do that and it just magically cooperates is lying. <laughs> diabetes takes hard work, right? Uh, for me, it took years and years, like multiple years of dedicated research, trial and error, um, lots and lots of error. <laughs> and then of course, documenting, learning, analyzing blood sugars and making it into my life passion. So good news is you don't have to do that if you work with us because we can just walk you through that process a bit faster, right? But if you're the kind of person that wants to do it on your own, you can also do that, right? You don't have to work with us to see results, but it requires that you change things up. Right. Remember, nothing changes when nothing changes. And I'm going to keep repeating that because it's such a powerful phrase uh, and it also sounds cool. Nothing changes when nothing changes. It's almost like a palindrome. Right. Anyways, I hope this one has been helpful for you. Look into your life. Look where there's some automations or subconscious habits that are just not serving you well. Do you wake up and first thing you do is go for uh, soda? 
you know, when maybe you should wake up and start your day with water? Do you go straight to Netflix as soon as you're done with work when you know that a simple 10 minute walk would fix the high blood sugars that are sticking around and stubborn from your late lunch, right? Whatever it is, find those habits that are destroying your progress and look at how you can replace them. Remember, step one, fix your environment. Step two, fix your strategies, fix your subconscious, all right, and start making progress today. And if you are looking for a community to surround yourself in, we have a free support group for anyone. Anyone's allowed to jump in there. As long as you're insulin dependent, that's going to be a great group for you. Uh, we talk a lot about insulin. So if you don't take insulin, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> but if you want to surround yourself with a tight knit group, uh, a community who are actively challenging themselves, the winner's circle, who are going to pull you up to their level, that's where you're going to want to go to diabetesinaction.com talk about this one a lot because it works so well. This is the winner's circle. This is the group that is going to help you achieve new results, new levels of success with your diabetes management. Hit that 90% plus time and range. Lower your A1C sub six, right? And get to a place where you're not worried about or thinking about diabetes nearly as often. That's the goal that we're after. Control blood sugars, yes, but also quality of life as well. So head over to diabetesinaction.com, take some good notes, and if you'd like to, can see if you're a good fit for the winner's circle and see if we can help you out with that. All right. So have a fantastic rest of your day. Check your habits, check your automations, see where your habits might be wrecking your success and make some changes today. All right. Have a good one. I'll see you guys next week and keep up the fight.